Hi, listeners. We have partnered with HYV Designs to bring you a discount on their store. Please go to etsy.com slash shop slash H-Y-V-D-E-S-I-G-N-S and use promo code SKT15 on checkout to get a 15% discount on their items. They have everything from King's Light the Beam memorabilia to BTS light sticks to Genshin Impact coasters and much more. Check out their store on Etsy.com and use promo code SKT15 on checkout to get a 15% discount. Link in the description. Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 352 of Sack King's Therapy. We are coming to you right after the the Kings beat the Warriors in one of the best games I've ever seen and one of the worst games I've ever seen at the same time. Something that was so ugly, so grindy, so just stuck in the mud. Yet turned into something so beautiful. It is genuinely one of the, is it one of the greatest games? It's definitely the most memorable game I've ever watched. What say you, Fall? Man, imagine if this was the playoffs. If every game was like this, I would, I would be kind of upset. Not gonna lie, it was. It's probably the most. He- how I say, it? <laughs> game a lot of headaches and like freaking cardiac arrest around here just off this one game yeah look we don't we don't do video for this podcast but i don't know what your face is like my face is like pure white right now because just from all the stress i i I have like this thing where my hands and feet get very cold uh when i watch games because it's so intense it was like my hands were free well like frozen my feet were frozen it's it was bad but it was worth it because holy shit what was this game? Okay, I'll I'll kind of try to just recap this game as best I can, and we'll and then we'll go through some individual players, and then uh, we'll we'll kind of discuss everything. So, this game, I don't know if it was the TNT broadcast or just something weird with the broadcast. I thought the Kings just they looked really slow and lethargic for whatever reason, and like, the Warriors, I wouldn't say were crazy energetic. But it looked like they were playing in normal speed, and for some reason, the Kings were playing in slow motion. Was that just me? No, it was me as well. Like, you mentioned the TNT broadcast had a weird camera angle and had weird shots along the way. Maybe we're just not used to it. But then again, when you talk about the slowness of this team uh, with this broadcast, I mean, it just felt like they had some Thanksgiving hangover still left over. Yeah, a lot of people bring up the first game back home is always a trap game because of just how, you know, you're, it's your first game back in your home arena. You're not used to, you know, being, a, being, those, being around those uh, surroundings. And it looked like that because the Kings were so off. Like, the main thing that stuck out to me, they did not get any 50-50 balls, it felt like, the, the entire first quarter. They looked slow to the ball. Steph Curry actually got a rebound like around some bonus and actually put it back in. And it was just one of those things. I think it was either Harrison Barnes or some bonus. I don't remember. But it, I remember it just legitimately frustrated me. It's like, are you seriously going to let goddamn Steph Curry like out rebound you somehow? It just 
it just looked bad and it it just looked like they had jitters it did not look like the kings at all no it did not uh like it was a very in my opinion slow first half and you know second half kind of picked up but it was also slow in a way because god damn those like free throws kept on coming in yeah so uh we'll, I'll, I'll get to the second half in a bit but in the second quarter, the the, the Kings just continued their lethargic energy. It just didn't feel like they were playing that hard. Like, like I know it's like sim- simplistic to say that. They just weren't playing hard. They just don't play with energy effort. But that really was what it was. They, they were slow. The, the Warriors' defense was kind of just taking them out of their stuff and they didn't fight back. Like they didn't, you know, forcibly run their stuff with, they didn't play with force. Basically they, they kind of let the warriors kind of push them around. And then by the end of the second quarter, the warriors had control of the game, complete control. They just, they just got whatever the hell they wanted uh, out of their offense. And then on the other end, the Kings just like, they were basically making one pass and jacking up a three or taking a shot that, definitely did not look like the king's offense it just looked it looked the kings looked dead in the water basically and and it says something when at, at that point we were saying like let's hope the kings get it to 12 so they advance to the in season tournament at least and you know it it looked it just looked bad and they go on a 7-0 run to cut it to cut the lead down from 24 to 17 like that's how bad it was and it, it, it didn't even look like a good 7-0 run. It just looked like a slog, and everything was hard for the Kings. Yeah, like I mentioned, those free throws, I mean, we missed a bunch in the third quarter. I mean, very slow comeback for sure. Um, I can't tell you what kind of run we had just to keep it back up, to be honest, because, dear God, it felt like the Warriors attacked back quicker. Well, let's uh, let's get to the third quarter because the third quarter, I thought the Kings actually came out very well. Like I talk about the lethargic energy, just how they looked gassed for some reason in the first quarter. Well, they came out with energy and they play. They started playing hard. They started making some defensive plays. They they, they looked like they started to have life, and they would kind of just go on these mini runs of like you know four zero, like three zero, five zero, and they would just. And then all of a sudden, just give the run right back. Like one of the bet, one of the greatest things that I saw during this game was GP two. GP two was just a, such a defense, like a defensive difference maker. Like there were multiple moments where the Kings would make a small little run, and they would just throw the ball to GP two, who just make an inc- who just makes incredible defensive plays to kill, to just kill a run. And it would be little things like that. You know, they would get it down to say fourteen. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, they're in prime position to, you know, break the seal of like, you know, the 15 point lead. The entire third quarter just felt like they were just hover around that number. And then the moment they, they get some, they get like, you know, a stop uh, and some momentum, they would immediately just do something weird. Like, for example, give it up to GB2 for an and one, which was devastating. They would miss free throws. They would miss an open three. It was just, and then, or, or a ref, the ref would make a really weird call that completely uh, stagnates momentum. They just could not break that seal for the entire third quarter. And it was genuinely one of the longest third quarters I could ever remember watching. It it was 9 p.m. here, uh, Pacific time. 
and it was and it was still not like I think it's still two minutes left in the third quarter, which never happens. Yeah, pretty much. And this is just a regular game too, like no overtimes. A regular, you mean an in-season tournament? Game. An in-season tournament game where, yeah, the points do matter. But my gosh, yeah, I thought the like last year's uh Clippers game where we went to three overtimes was long. This. For some reason, just felt longer. <laughs> well, it was just such a slog. Like there were a lot of free throws. There wasn't that much scoring, although that there actually was, but it didn't feel like the Kings scored forty points in the third quarter. I don't know how they did it. Like they scored forty points, and it felt like they scored twenty. Was literally how much of a slog that was. Everything just was like it wasn't slow and hard per se, but it it just felt like it was so. It, it, I guess it was re- just everything came by hard. Every like basically the 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 Kings would miss free throws, right? But then the Warriors would not miss free throws. They played essentially almost a perfect third quarter, and then the Kings just could not make any leeway at all. Like I I described it to you, like while we were watching the game, it felt like there was a seal that the Kings, if they could just break the 14, 15 point seal, the floodgates would open. Because it, it just felt like one of those things where they just need like one or two baskets to go down, and then the floodgates would open. And finally, by the end of the third quarter, it finally happened. Malik hits a hits a pretty ridiculous three, like a leaning three from the right corner. And it's a cut it to cut the lead to 11. And then I think De'Aaron ends the quarter by cutting the lead down to down to nine. And then the floodgates, you know, the well, the floodgates didn't open then. We'll get to we'll, we'll get to that moment in a bit. But then you just saw a slight opening, just a slight opening in the dam, and and water started to come out. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, at that point when you know the little trickles did come out, I actually had hope that you know maybe we will hit that twelve point differential. <laughs> uh, I. If you told me that we were going to win this game like at the start of this game, then I would say you're crazy, to be honest. So, yeah, then like this entire time, we were just thinking, yeah, just please get it to 12 or no, get it. I think you have to get it to a, the Kings have to get it 11. to 11. Yeah, mm-hmm. 11 in order to advance to the in season term. I'm not going to go through the rules, they, they make my head hurt. James Ham has tried to like three episodes to like on ESPN 1320 to try and explain it, plus a King's Beat episode. I still don't really understand it. I think if you draw it out, like it's actually not that complicated, but if you're explaining it by mouth, it's so hard to, for me to grasp it. But anyways, we were hoping that they would just, you know, get the get the game to 11, just advance, advance by default, essentially. <laughs> um to the in-season tournament like we would be okay with that that's how much that's how little hope we had that's how much just again this is how draining this game was for the first three quarters but again the the floodgates kind of opened a little bit in the at the end of the third quarter and then the fourth quarter started draymond green had been chirping the entire game and in the fourth quarter he's he's you know chirping at the at the refs like kind of calling Steve Kerr to challenge uh, of like multiple foul calls, but Steve Kerr wouldn't do it. So the more angry he got, he just kept chirping. And then he, and then on a play, I think it was Malik or uh, I think it was Malik. Malik drives to the rim and Draymond is basically kind of not even screaming at the ref. He's looking at the ref and making the carry motion and then gets a technical foul. 
Now that I thought that wasn't well deserved, but like for he had been just talking and screaming at the ref that they finally gave him a technical foul. They gave him a technical foul, and then he fouls Malik just pretty much out of anger on the next possession. And Steve Kerr takes him out, and that was when the floodgates opened. Pretty much. I felt like, in a way, Draymond just kind of did to himself. Lost his fucking mind. Pretty much. In a way, probably lost the Warriors the game, but then again, they did lose CP3 in the first half and also GP2 in the third quarter. But, I mean they probably would have done a lot more um, damage towards the Kings than probably Draymond <laughs> at GB, that point. GB2 was so good during this game. I don't know how he ran a negative nine <laughs> during this game. He was fucking amazing. I mean, those those interceptions, man, it's just... He, he's a defensive savant. He really is. And, you know, genetics, he gets it from, you know, the original GP. It, it's pretty crazy <laughs> how that's actually, like, you know, yeah, hereditary essentially. Like, there's, I don't think it's a coincidence that all the Curries are great shooters. <laughs> but yeah, so basically, yeah, uh, Draymond gets that tech, gets that technical, gets pulled uh, in, in the middle, in kind of the beginning of the fourth, and the Kings go on this crazy run where the the Warriors just can't buy a bucket. The Kings are playing great defense. They're getting stops. They're making shots. Sasha Vazenkov, you know, goes on his own little personal run, hits just huge threes. But then, on the other side, Moses Moody. Moses Moody comes in. He hits an open three. No problem. Then hits a step back three. And then and then Sasha manages to match that three a little bit later on. It, it, it This game turned into a Sasha Vazenkov versus Moses Moody. And Moses on the next play hits another three. He ends up going three for three from the field, four for four, no, four for four from the field, three for three from three. And Steve Kerr pulled him. I, to be honest, I don't remember the score at that point. It was close for sure. It was, I think, a three point it was either a two point game or a three point game because I, I think the kings went up one when sasha hit that three and then moody comes right back and hits another three and i was just thinking for for this kind of a slog you have so many stars just on the just for, on these two teams and it goes down to sasha Vazenkov versus moses moody in a shootout what what an incredible sentence to be saying i know and steve kerr had to kill it and now the five starting lineup or five starters in the Golden State Warriors. I mean, I, I understand to a certain degree why you pulled them. Like, yeah. I mean, Draymond, Looney, Wiggins, Steph, Clay. Who are you going to sit? You're pr- you're not sitting Steph, of course. You're probably not just sitting Draymond. Draymond is kind of your defensive anchor. Looney is in there to to limit Sabonis, and he he did a great job on Sabonis. Mm-hmm. Like Sabonis did not have a good game. Wiggins is in there for defense, and of course, he has his best game coming back against the Kings because, of course, like you're not pulling Clay. Yeah, and I thought he was fine. He was okay during this game. He, he, we definitely stopped feeling him after the first half. I'll just say that. But yeah. you're not like you have to pull one of those guys for Moot for for Moody. It's probably going to be Looney. Like I guess you, you can live with whatever Sabonis does, honestly, just because. Like it just feels like anytime Sabonis gets the ball anywhere near the rim, he gets stripped because there's just so many hands down there. But yeah. Um, anyways, Moses Moody gets pulled. 
Uh, Steph hits a hits a three off a broken play uh, where Clay just kind of just throws the just slip the ball. He just loses the ball, and I think that was the last basket they scored. They go up five, and honestly, the Kings looked like they had ran out of gas. Like the Kings shot, the Kings kept missing free throws. They shot twenty seven for forty two. And to just give you perspective of how bad that is, uh, the, the Warriors shot 30 free throws and made 26. The Kings shot 42 and made 27. Yeah. So, to repeat, the Kings had 12 more free throws, yet made only one more free throw than the, than the than the Golden State Warriors. It was a bad game at the free throw line. You know, De'Aaron Fox, De'Aaron Fox couldn't make a free throw. Like, Trey Lyles was missing free throws. Like, even Duarte missed a free throw, too. I think he's a pretty good free throw shooter. Just... One of those kinds of games where it just looked like they ran out of gas. They actually got great looks uh, down the stretch, like wide open ass threes that just did not go down. But they were down three. And when the chips fell, the big guns came to play. (laughs) Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox, they hit huge, two huge threes down, down, down the stretch to basic to basically get them back into the game. They trap they trap Steph Curry in the half court with Sasha of all people, and Sasha or no, uh, Steph throws it to I think it was Clay, who and then Monk comes in and intercepts it. the The ball finds De'Aaron, and then it, it gets back to Monk for for um for the three to cut it to one. And then on the very next play, Draymond comes down, tries to run a dribble pitch. Tries to get a backdoor cut with Clay, who fakes the backdoor cut and then goes the other way. Draymond throws the backdoor pass and turns it over, giving the Kings, giving the Kings a possession. Who then, you know, on a on a on essentially a broken play, not even a broken play, on a play where uh, the Warriors trap Fox, the ball swings over to Malik, who then hits a ridiculous, ridiculous kind of fading away one legged throw it throw it off basically he throws it with his right hand um, coming across from his picking it up with his left hand and just chucks the ball up at the backboard and makes it to go up one Steph is Steph brings the ball up uh how, how does the sequence go basically De'Aaron De'Aaron uh falls but Sasha who was already gonna come over to try to trap Steph because yeah you do not let Steph shoot it at that moment manages to kind of just get a hand up um Steph fumbles it when Fox drops the ball or no when Fox falls he, he kind of fum- uh, Steph kind of fumbles the ball he picks it up tries to shoot it over Sasha it lands just short and the Kings win one of the ugliest games I've ever seen but it turned into one of the most beautiful wins of the season well said because right now my head's still pumping because I I could barely dink after that game, to be honest. It was it, it was the definition of gritty. Like you want to talk about an ugly game. This was the absolute definition of an ugly game. And the Kings managed to grind it out and just some they stayed in it and they were able to like they looked dead in the water and they were able to fight out of it and st- again steal this just insane win at home they've won really ugly like last year i think the one of the ugliest wins was probably the Knicks game and after that game you know mike brown lambasted the kings for being soft 
the Kings were not soft this game. They were, you know, really, really tough. Like Trey Lyles, like I did not think he'd be this big of a difference maker. He is a difference maker. Like it's, in terms of just toughness, just going after that ball. Like they show the Kings show so much heart and just so much mental and physical toughness that this is w- truly one of the best wins they've had. It's like outside of probably like the the playoff wins, this is what this is easily. Probably the best regular season win. The only one I can think of is the 176-175 game. But it's pretty damn close between the two. Yeah. And so far, all determined games, all fun games. This game. All all Warriors versus Kings games. All fun games. Yeah, all fun games. And hopefully we could keep this up, to be honest, uh, from here on now. So we'll we'll see about it for tomorrow's game, I guess. Which, And, and you talk about breaking the seal. Uh, sorry to cut you up, but you talk about breaking the seal. They finally get a win against the Warriors after losing to them, I think, like five, six times in a row. Oh, yeah. Like going back to the playoffs, I guess. Well, I guess it'd be like five if they lost this one. So two, was it two preseason, two or three preseason games? I don't even remember. But they lost, they lost them twice already in this regular season. And all of them were like tough, like, you know, close games. And like, had you lost this game, you know, you, you know, you, you come out lethargic. You look like the bad version of the Kings. But, of course, you fight through it. But then you miss so many free throws. And you just miss so many good looks down the stretch. Like, this would have been a, a pretty tough game to swallow. Because I, I was legitimately pissed in the first half and, and in the third quarter. Like, you know, they just, it just looked like the the Warriors owned them. Like, they can't, they just seemingly can't shoot when, when they come into town. And yeah, they managed to break that seal. I mean, you know what's the best feeling when we felt so down in that first half, and when we actually make those runs and they hit those shots, that's when all the emotions come out. Look, I'm not gonna go into a huge Naruto tangent, but like Naruto, Naruto, it's you know the 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 debate between Naruto and Sasuke. Is it better to have never had it at 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 all? Like in Naruto's case, where he never had parents, or is it, or is it worse to have parents but to lose the parents? Like which one is the bigger pain? Now flip that into kind of the complete opposite. Is like, is it, is it a better feeling to completely dominate a an opponent, or is it a better feeling to be completely dominated by them, but then, but then to completely turn that around? and win by the skin of your teeth because you were the tougher team. <sighs> it's a it's a tough debate to have and this again the 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 Clippers game from last year is is definitely probably number 1 but this this is this can fight for for the top spot because it's, again it was so ugly, so grindy and it was, the Kings looked so bad now, granted, I don't think they ever looked great during this game, but you saw, like, versions of Kings basketball. Like, I said it in the New Orleans game. Like, that was a really big slog of a game, but it only takes that one little spark. And again, there was a seal on this game, like, the like the 15-point lead, the 50-point deficit seal. And once they broke through it, it was it was a beautiful, beautiful feeling because that is Kings basketball. Like, they only need that one little spark, the, and then the floodgates will open. It's it, and yeah, the avalanche came, and this is this is what the Kings this is what the Kings team I think is this game, 
or or this year, they're not just the beam team where like they're catching you by surprise, where they just kind of run you out of the gym. Ironically, kind of like how the Pacers are this year, but they're actually a tough team that can that can actually do that, but can also. If, if their shots aren't hitting, they can win ugly. They can take you down to the dirt, and they will fight back. And if you, if you like, take take your eyes off them, your take your focus off of them, watch out because they can they can come back and catch you. Oh yeah, yeah. So that is kind of my take on the on on this game. Let's let's get let's get to some of the players. <laughs> I. Like so, Sabonis didn't have a great game, but he was very tough down the stretch. Like he 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 had some really crucial tap outs, and there is a reason why they play Looney in there. It's to it's to guard Sabonis, and you know he did guard Sabonis well, but he did end up with you know nine, eight, and ten, and he had an effect on the game, even though the box score wasn't pretty. Um, what about Harrison Barnes? What did you think of his game? He was fine. I mean, he had the moments that he, uh, like we needed him to have. Um, I mean, without, um, uh, not, I was about to say Kevin Hurd, but no, without Keegan Murray, I mean, he's going to have to take some of the slack off in terms of both offense and defense. So, I mean, he was there, Mr. Reliable, of course. Yeah. I, and it's unfortunate what we'll remember him for this game is that turnover to GP2. Like people were so negative. People are so negative on Barnes nowadays that they do take for granted what he does bring. Now, of course, he didn't play like after I think the the after kind of the halfway point of the third quarter, but he I thought he was fine. Like when he when he actually did play, and you know, like don't take for granted what he does do. He is just solid, you know. But like mm-hmm. for some reason, the the, the the bad plays he has just stick out. De'Aaron Fox nine for twenty from the field, twenty nine points. Uh, nine rebounds and seven assists. I thought he was pretty bad in the first half, but and honestly, I don't. I thought he was still a little off in the second in the second half. But there were moments where you just you just trusted him. Like there was one play where you know they uh, Malik Monk you know gets penetration. He passes to Sasha, who has an open corner three, who then passes it to De'Aaron on the wing for an open three, and he nails it. And my first thought was like. I actually liked it that I actually think a w- open wing three from De'Aaron, who had not been shooting well at all from three the entire game, is actually a better shot than a wide open corner Sasha three. Because I just trust him that much because he he is the best player on this team and he's going to make shots like when it matters. And he made that sh- that three to kind of to give the Kings that last win in order to win the game. Who, who you know, the Kings... The few possessions uh, before that were just missing wide open ass threes. I mean, pretty much. Like, if we took away the box score and just looked at his fourth quarter performance, it'd be probably a whole different story. Like he made all his free throws, I believe. Um, his threes. I mean, I want to say he only made that one big one at the end. And other than that, I mean, he the amount of trust that the team has for him is just immeasurable. And you know, like the nine for seventeen from three or nine for seventeen from three, from the free throw line is rough. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like they you 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 need to be better at the free throw line. There's no way to get around that. But he was good when it mattered. Kevin Herter was really good. Like he was basically their only source of offense. Like only source of like guy who was actually making shots in the first half. 
And like he was, he, and he made plays down the stretch too. Like he, I thought he was really good. Mike Brown trusted him to play. He ended up with nine rebounds this game. All of them were very crucial. Just a good game from him. And I, I'm g- glad to see that Mike Brown trusted to play him. Oh yeah. Especially with Monk out too, because I was, I was kind of scared that with Monk out, the bench isn't going to be as, I guess. Potent. Yeah. Potent. But I mean, overall, I mean, we trusted the guys that we needed to trust, and that's all we need <laughs> for this game. Duarte has is interesting to me. Like, I I get why. Like, I thought he was fine this game. I, I thought he got the really bad short end of some really bad foul call. There was one play where Steph literally like forearm shoves him, and somehow it's a foul on Duarte. It's one of the most bullshit calls I've ever seen. Like he's a he's he plays hard. He's a good defender, but I just cannot justify playing him over Davion. Because like I watched Davion play this game, like guard Steph, he has a legit he has a legitimate effect on Steph. Like he makes it tough on him. He makes him like give the ball up quicker. And I get that Duarte's bigger and he plays hard. He's physical. I just think you should play Davion more in his plays. I know this. There's a size thing too. Like, I, I, like, I, I don't, I, I'm just not with the Duarte minutes, man. It's tough. I'd say we have to still give it some time. And I don't, and, and by the way, I don't think he's that much better than Davion on offense. Like, that's the other thing you're, you might say, like, well, he's, he's faces, not really. No, yeah, they're about, I'd say Davion's slightly better. It's just that Davion needs to prove it. And hopefully, the minutes that he does get proves it to Mike Brown to, you know, get more minutes in the future but as of right now we we have chris until keegan gets back i guess uh trey lyles was a huge difference maker in terms of just energy because he really he plays so hard he brings about a toughness to him he had three offensive rebounds by just being just a dog on the boards just fighting for rebounds and yeah he he didn't shoot well by any means, but he did have nine free throws, which is incredible. He was their second leading rebound or uh free throw guy. Now he did miss he did miss uh three. Like he went six for nine, but he brings a certain energy. And I, I didn't realize just how much he would actually change the Kings. He is a real difference maker on this team. Yeah, that small ball lineup, it's it's pretty deadly with Wiles at the five and I man, I don't, I'm pretty sure every single rebound he got, I cheered for it. To be honest, Sasha, he he had a very good like he didn't have a great shooting game, but he was effective. Like it felt like he had a thousand points. Like for like he just has a weirdly weird effect of like just every shot he hit was huge. He only ended up with eight points, two for six from three. It felt like he was like five for six. I don't know why, but like he has an effect. And then, and of course, a plus seventeen on on the on the court or uh, in his fifteen minutes, just a great plus minus. Like you know, he spaces the floor clearly. He moves without the ball so well, and then he was really good on defense. Yeah, he was uh, like especially helping uh, trap um, yeah stuff. It was. I was I was concerned, not gonna lie, because uh, from you know the reports of him not playing great defense, but so far, I mean, just being that second guy 
alongside with whoever else was uh, guarding against Steph. I mean, that's all you really need, really. But, like, here's the thing about him. Like, he has the profile of being a guy that's barbecue chicken. Like, you compare him to Dario Sarge. Dario Sarge is legit barbecue chicken. Like, mm-hmm. everybody goes at him. You know, he he's like the smaller, like, small, a smaller big man who's white, basically. And you're just like, oh, I'm, it's time to eat. When guys try to ISO on Sasha, it usually ends up in a jump shot because he's so good at just kind of positioning that guys can't easily blow by him. And even if they blow by him, he's he's a, been really good at weirdly angling the guy right into the help. I don't even know if it's intentional or not, but like he's he's very good positionally. And he's just so smart. And, and like it's getting to the point where Look, a guy like JaVale McGee is who's big and long, like can can you know reach the sky up, up with his blocks, but he's but JaVel's never like really in great position. Sasha is somehow a better defender, I think, than JaVel is, even though he has nowhere near the physical tools that JaVel has, because he's just in the right position and he's smart. Just the just a, a terrific game from I'd be very surprised if he didn't win defensive player of the game. And just imagine saying that. Like, this is why we signed Sasha for defense. <laughs> oh, yes. And we can't forget about that like, one minute stretch of him facing against Moody. That was it's too bad it ended short, to be honest. Yeah, because goddamn Steve Kerr had to ruin it. Oh yeah, we we should really check if uh, that DPOG has been announced. I'll check in a bit, but uh, like a uh, last guy I want to quickly go over, uh, Malik Monk. Just he, there was a weird thing where like he went to the locker room in the second quarter, but came back, came out during halftime, and as soon as he checked in, he hits a three. He just brings an offensive spark to this team, and that when he is on, the Kings are you know absolutely unstoppable it just brings a whole nother dimension to their offense and he just brings so much moxie so much confidence like he'll he'll be 0 for 7 from 3 but like you always are like he's gonna like he's the he's the most dangerous guy because even though he's 0 for 7 from 3 you're just like I can never leave that guy open because he's gonna make he's gonna make it at some point oh yeah and when I was afraid that when he was gone I I was skeptical on how we were end this game, but back and still, you know, shooting the way he is or was uh, during the beginning of the game. I mean, I felt like we had faith. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the faith was paid off. He hit this ridiculous game winner to just cap off just the, an incredible night. Just, uh, yeah, it's, it is again genuinely one of the most incredible games just capped off by just some amazing amazing shot making from uh fox and monk and again the the sasha versus moses moody mini battle like just this so like we we can do a podcast like a just an hour and 30 minute podcast just on this game there was just so much going on i feel like at some point like we do this podcast for long enough this is one of the games we would do for rewind Oh yeah. Now, do you think Malik will be a front runner for six man? Maybe. Like this is a TNT game. This is going to give him some buzz. Oh, we'll we'll see because I haven't whooped that other six man to be honest to compare him to. So, but so far, I mean, he's he should really be a starter. But 
coming off the bench with the uh, minutes he has and the points that he produces i mean it's just ridiculous you know, i'll never be on that train just because because like i think he he plays a certain role on this team as kind of that second creator off the bench that mm-hmm. it just ne- it, it never makes sense to play him as a starter because first of all like you would just be a, such a defensive disadvantage even though i think Malik is actually very good on defense for kind of his size it just it doesn't make sense because you know you, you need to balance your you need to balance your lineups more. You need a creator out there at all times, and Malik is your only other creator other than Sabonis and Fox. Oh yeah, or consistent one anyway. So, but anyways, th- this was originally I was originally going to publish that. What well, we were planning to publish this episode as a back to back with a Clippers game, but because this this game itself is so fascinating. And just so intense. And again, this is probably the best game I've I've seen regular season for sure. I I we had to just do this as a solo as a solo. So we were originally going to talk about the CM Punk stuff and like you know include it and then have like the second half be the Clipper stuff. But this this game deserves its own episode. So here we oh, go. No. That's for sure. Now, are we going to go over the Warriors or <laughs> just? I mean, uh, I mean, we already talked about it. Like Steph, Steph was pretty. Steph was really good, even though he was eight for twenty. Of course, like just as soon as he sits, the the Kings go on a huge run. Um, yeah, uh, there's not much to really talk about. We already covered like the big parts, like Draymond losing his fucking mind. Steph was good. Um, Wiggins had his best game since coming back. Clay was solid, but pretty invisible in the second half. And Moses Moody, and then Gary Payton. That's it. Like, there's, yeah. there's not much to talk about other than that, honestly. Pretty much. So, yeah. Um, it's an incredible game. I don't think I'm going to sleep tonight because of it. So, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, I'll just say it was well worth it. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to watch the highlights because I don't, I, I was going to, I felt like I was going to watch, rewatch the dirt quarter, but I think the highlights don't suffice enough. I think De'Aaron won the, won the defensive player of the game. Oh really? So mm. looking for. I mean, he was really good. They put up on Draymond, which was interesting. And Draymond did not did not actually um did not actually attack it. Oh, granted, that's not his role, but he never, but he never like really attacked De'Aaron. So mm. that, that, I thought that was really interesting. So it is but, interesting. But yeah, like look, Sasha's our defense player of the game. I thought he was so good on defense. Oh yeah. Okay, well, that was a lot. Uh, anything else you want to quickly go over? No, I mean, it's already 11. Man, it's... This game ended at 10 with no overtimes. It is the longest game I've ever watched without an overtime. Yeah, I kind of forgot how long um, or what time uh, the Clippers game ended, but it ended around this time, I felt, to be honest. Yeah, so... Oh, okay, I am going to take a drink. And, uh, you know, just relax a little bit because that was intense. So if you have nothing else, let's call this an episode. Uh, We will be coming out with a Clippers uh, episode probably the next day, if not like the next next day, uh, probably like Thursday at at the latest. But uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. We'll catch you guys on the next game. Yeah, we'll see you guys later.